Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Molly Seward, a K-4 STEM teacher and coach in Indiana with 37 years of teaching experience. We tackle the next generation science standards, including strategies to make them more manageable for teachers. We also discuss how to plan a learning progression for a STEM classroom. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. I loved when someone else would wonder, they, someone would be like, oh, I wonder that too. I, well, write it down, write it down. Can I write it down? Well, yeah. No, that's copying. No, that's not copying. That's learning from each other. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do here. So um, it was really fun. Or they would they would say, well, I don't wonder exactly that, but I wonder this. Well, those wonders are connected. So those have, that's been nice for them to see as well. Okay, you brought up inquiry. So let's switch here now to the next generation <laughs> science standards, which was how our conversation came to be. Uh-huh. Give me your thoughts. What do you? What are your initial thoughts on the NGSS? Uh, my initial thoughts when I saw them and opened up the document was I thought, oh my gosh, there is no way. I, I mean, I can remember my husband is a science teacher and a PLTW teacher, and I opened them up and I said, Andy, you will not believe this. And I started reading these, and we're both like, what? How are we going to do that? Um, and so I, that was just that was honestly my initial. And then I thought, well, uh, we're going to need to figure this out. So. I have spent a lot of time just looking at little parts of it. So like really thinking about modeling and what does modeling look like in science? And what did I think modeling looked like? Because as a literacy teacher, modeling is what I did as a reader. I modeled all these different things. But modeling in the area of this uh, next generation science standards is more than that. It's giving it over to the kids to create a model. It's making them responsible for the model. It's helping them, helping them see how their model changes as they gain more information and more understanding. So, um, so it's those little pieces. We did a staff, I did a staff development today with our staff on just phenomenon. And what is that? And that is something you're going to see. As we start to look at materials, but not just materials, as you look at the standards, they're going to ask you for a phenomenon. They're going to ask you that there's this story that we need to create to help kids better understand where we're going. So for me, it's been just those um, exploring little pieces of it until I understood those and then being able to think about sort of some guiding questions And then some outcomes, like what are the outcomes that I want them to know and understand as we move forward? And those outcomes are doing. I think that's what excited me most is this is kids doing science like every day. This is kids wondering and trying to figure out things. And to me, that's really powerful and really exciting and daunting. Yeah. So if you're a new science teacher and you're like, I have to teach NGSS, how do you recommend they start? Like, what would be the first thing you would do as a teacher? I need to plan out my fourth grade science curriculum. What do I do? Well, the first thing that I did with um, the general ed teachers in the classroom is they knew there were new science standards, 
but um, they didn't know what they were. So I thought, okay, when you look at this, it's overwhelming. So let's kind of just, let's just do it in pieces. So um, those disciplinary core ideas are really what we think of when we think about science standards. So those were just the first things I showed. I'm like, okay, here, let's look at this. This is the first thing. And they looked and they were like, oh, okay, I can do this. This is, this is easy. And so we talked about, this is really what students need to know. Here's where some of your topics are going to come from. Here are where some of your phenomenon are going to come from. But these are the things that you're used to. Um, and then we went to the science and engineering practices, because those to me are what the students are going to do, the doing part of it. And I wanted them to understand what that meant. So when we were talking about seeds dispersing, I talked to my teachers, okay, about, so this is about a seed dispersing, but we need to create a model. So let's look at the three different pieces. Let's look at the science and engineering practices, and let's look at those disciplinary core ideas, and let's kind of decide what we want them to be able to do. So we were going to have them design a seed model, and the seed model needed to have these structures that allowed it to travel through the air. So we were using all three of those pieces when we were designing, that was the science and engineering. And then when we were looking at structures, those were those um, cross-cutting concepts. And then when we talked about the seed traveling through the air, those were those disciplinary core ideas. So kind of helping them see how those three work together that it was really just some little tweaks to what they had done before, but the tweaks that they're doing are tweaks that cause students to have to do science. Mm -hmm. So they don't just have to know how seeds disperse. They actually have to be able to create a model and maybe they're creating a new seed, you know, so they're having to look at everything that they've learned. So those have been some things that have really helped me to better understand them. Yeah, that's a really nice way to kind of lay it out. And I know there's also like performance expectations. Is that part of the disciplinary core ideas? Yeah, that is. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, this is the knowledge you need to have. And like you right. said, then you're adding in those practices of, okay, how do I put that into action? And they can learn by doing, whether it's a design challenge or an inquiry um, creating a model. So I guess the NGSS really helps more clearly state, because I, I feel like before science was more of, here's a worksheet, <laughs> a wow. coloring page, you know, read it from a textbook. Let's take some notes. Let's watch a video. That's how I learned science. Yeah. Growing up. yeah and absolutely. I, perhaps NGSS is really trying to transform science into what's research-based. That is, we learn by doing and building on these experiences. Well, and I think also in the situation that we are with so many STEM positions not being able to be filled, we have to start helping kids understand what science is all about and how it works together, or we're not going to, we're not still not going to be able to fill those positions. And so I feel that really strongly in STEM. But I also feel as I look through these standards that they have an understanding of that too, that 
we have we want kids actively involved in science. And to do that, there's a lot of pieces that come into that. And so we want them doing it and thinking it and figuring it out. Yeah. So it's like instead of reading about this scientist came up with or did this experiment, learned this, and now you need to learn it. It's as a student experience the work of a scientist and really get to do a lab and ask those wonder questions and, you know, gather knowledge. And And I think that really helps demystify science because there is some issues right now around scientific literacy and how yeah. do you know what to believe in the current news. And yeah. It, it's kind of preparing kids with tools for when they get out and they have to make decisions. I think it is. The other piece that um, as we've been working on modeling, but we've also been working on this idea of claim evidence and reasoning, mm-hmm. which is something that's within there as well. When I, when we talked with teachers and we started just looking at some different things and thinking about this, they were thrilled because they are feeling like what's happening in this science piece is that a lot of those best practices in English language arts are happening. I mean, persuasive writing, that's what claim evidence and reasoning is. And so in essence, it makes their job a little bit easier because now we're able to, you know, it it just seemed like what I'm doing in the ELA room is applicable to what's going on in the science room which is such a great thing. So that means we need to start talking, which is always a good thing. Yep, exactly. And today you had a training, right, that you did for teachers. Um, And it was about phenomena. And that was going to be my next question on the NGSS keeps bringing up this idea of phenomena. Can you tell us a little bit of what that means and how do you incorporate it in a science classroom? Yeah. So phenomenon are these Um, things that occur naturally in science, but they cause us to wonder. And when we started working with um, one phenomenon that that is usually within, especially the fourth grade curriculum, is the Grand Canyon and the idea of how was that made? How was it created? Um, And so the Grand Canyon is one of those phenomenons with, you know, with weathering and erosion um, and how did those things happen? And so as we started talking about different phenomenon, it just helps kids understand this this story, if you will. Um, so the same weathering and erosion that happened at the Grand Canyon, I mean, we can find we can find out on our in our parking lot. This is a new building and we've taken up land that the earth had used to absorb water. And um, that that changes what's happening. And so um, that idea of phenomenon is having some kind of a story that they can relate to, but that excites them and that creates some of this wonder. And I think sometimes we think phenomenon has to be something like earth shattering. But I mean, I think it can be as simple as I had a first grader say to me, you know, it rained a lot yesterday and there was a puddle when I got off of the bus yesterday, and it's not there. It's not there. No, it's not there. I wonder what happened to it. But that's a phenomenon, right? And it's not about going into the water cycle. You know, it's about, well, what conditions do you think caused that? Where do you think it went? And then they begin to get curious about the science that's behind that. 
but it's really about getting them started with something that they're just curious or they just wonder about. It all comes back to the wonder questions. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I love that because you're in those early years, you're just having them stay curious and you want to keep that curiosity as they get older and they're having to develop more complex models and explanations, but it all comes down to, and as a learner, just caring to know that information and just being engaged and want it, right? You're going to learn. And beginning to be a really flexible problem solver Mm -hmm. and finding more than one answer. I mean, don't we all need to do that? The world would be a better place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so when you're implementing um, NGSS aligned activities, does it always look like inquiry where the students are doing some investigation or are there different types of doing? I know we've talked about also engineering yeah. design challenges. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm just beginning with this. And so I don't feel like, I, I feel like I'm beginning to align things with those standards, but I'm also understanding that every time it's not going to be inquiry, we can't, that, that's not going to work every time, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to build a model every time because I don't have room in my storage for that. <laughs> right. But there are certain things that are going to happen and there are certain things that I need to make sure. So I need to make sure that we do do some modeling. I need to make sure that there is some inquiry that's going on so that I'm creating this well-rounded STEM student. And is that driven by the disciplinary core idea? Like some probably are lend themselves to inquiry while others are better, like forces in motion are better right. as a design challenge. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's sort of wading through what's going to work best. And so what you're doing kind of starting from the beginning is you said disciplinary core ideas. This is what they need to know. And then what are the practices? And it's like a matching game. Okay. They need to yeah. know this and this would be really great as inquiry or this, yeah. is that how you do it? I do. And so I think, so this is what they need to do. And then the other piece to that for me is this is how they need to think. So this is a situation where they do need to think through a variety of different challenges. So that might be more inquiry. This is where I want them to understand what happens with force when something collides. So we're going to do an engineering challenge with that. So some of that has to do with what is the thinking that they need to better understand. And I feel like that's where, that's that matching that we Mm -hmm. have to do. One thing I've seen on engineering education, it often gets accused of mostly tinkering. So you're building a robot, just kind of throwing things together, trial and error. You're building a rover, you're, you're using different materials, but are you actually learning science? What's your reaction to that? I think that the piece of are you actually learning science is the piece where the teacher comes in where, so we were doing, we were doing your candy grabber um, Mm -hmm. with fourth graders. Yeah. And we talked about levers. Um, We talked about a variety of different simple machines and um, they were building things that weren't strong enough. And so I thought, you know what, we've talked about those simple machines, but we didn't talk about structure and what do you need to put in place? Because I had put out all kinds of cardboard and they had not really thought, gosh, maybe I need to think about the weight of the cardboard that I'm using. Um, And so that was where those conversations where it was, I'll call it in literacy education, we call it a mini lesson where 
this is what we're going to learn. Now I'm going to let you go try. And then I'm going to, hey, stop and listen. Look at what happened at this with this group. This group, look at what cardboard they use. And they solved a problem. What was your problem? What problem did you solve? And then, it, then they were like, oh, okay. So I think that's where the teacher comes in. Um, I think tinkering is really important. I don't think we probably let kids do that as much as um, we need to, because then they start to put these different understandings into practice. And that's where I can just kind of slope in and say, hey, have you ever thought about how is that, how is that, if that's all cardboard, hmm, are there any other materials that you could use? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful what you just said, because oftentimes a teacher will think, oh, my students did the candy grabber. So hence they've learned simple machines, right? Yeah. It, and it's, there's this disconnect where, you know, there's kind of this fad of discovery learning where you throw kids in with a bunch of equipment and they kind of figure it out, learn on their own and walk away with some knowledge. But the role of the teacher should never be dis, uh, diminished. I feel like, you know, we keep putting them in technology and watch this and do this. And it's like, well, well no, <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to learn it on their own. Yeah. One, they have misconceptions and they're going to keep those when they're doing the activity. And then two, a scientist took decades <laughs> to build their knowledge and develop theories and evidence. And the kids aren't just going to figure it out in the yeah. five minutes of playing with materials. And so I think what you said is so important that just because you're doing something that involves that phenomenon, right? Or that theory right. doesn't mean they're going to learn it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, that's something we tell people when you get one of our design challenges is like, we are promoting design practices and it is on you as the teacher <laughs> to take the background knowledge of the science and integrate it in the unit. And so I love the, your thought of you tinker first and then you stop and you say, what did you notice? You know, how can we make this better with what science concept can we apply? Like I do rockets, you know, and so I'm thinking like aerodynamics, guys, how can we reduce the surface area? And that's when they start asking me questions. And why I love engineering is they're invested because they want to improve their design. So they have yeah. a personal reason to want to know the science so they can launch the farthest rocket. Yes. <laughs> Right. So there's yeah. this really nice complement where engineering and science can really support each other. And it takes that teacher who's able to listen and realize what comes next. And I have always felt like the kids tend to lead me in what next, because some of the simple machines we did for that candy grabber, like they're not using, um, but that's okay because they also have to sort through this information that I gave them. Like, one of them came up to me and said, I don't even understand why you would give me, because I gave them a variety, I gave them a toolbox of things that were free and then the other things they had to buy. I don't understand why you would give me a Brad. Like, what am I going to use this for? Mm -hmm. And and so it was interesting to kind of watch them have to weed through. And I said, well, I I don't know. What do you, what do you think? To weed through some of that stuff, because I did put stuff in there that I thought, I don't know if they're going to use it. And some of them did. So it's weeding through some of the information that they have to do too and critically think about it. Yeah, that, I love that. Okay, so I want to ask a final question here. And we had talked about this earlier, which was how do you define a learning progression? And you teach, did you say first through fourth? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so Claire and I are trying to tackle kinder through eighth. 
She's a STEM teacher for K through eight. I don't know how she does it. I don't either. Um, right. And so we sat down and we came up with what we think, you know, should be STEM challenges throughout the grades. And we really struggled with like, one, what are the goals here of each year? And one thing we fell back on is, well, we could align this with NGSS. And they're, they have clearly developed learning progressions across like earth science and physical science. Yeah. We also have math standards we can align to because in your experience, I mean, I haven't seen any real clear STEM standards that really progress throughout the years. So how, like, if you had advice for us in developing this progression, what would you say? <laughs> um, that's hard. I know. I, the, <laughs> yeah. I still go back to that idea that the kinders and the first graders have to, we have to, it's, for me, it's that idea of wonder and curiosity, right? And teamwork, learning how to do that. And so those things sort of trump me for other things that I might do. And then my second graders, it's not just teamwork, but it's collaboration also. And I think there's a difference between teamwork and collaboration. And so I work really hard on that. So I tend to that tends to trump other things that I would do. And then my third and fourth graders, it's um, it's some of those big science concepts that I want them to really begin to understand because I do think they're ready to understand some of the abstract things. Um, you know, even just forces emotion to have a good understanding of what's happening. So I don't know if that answered Yeah, your it question. sounds like... Would you say that your STEM classroom really goes outside of the NGSS and adds yeah. in another oh, layer? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. Yes. Because I think there has to be that other layer because part of it's because I don't have a classroom where I can do that every day, right? Like I was with those kids every day and we talked about these things all the time, even once a week. So right. I have to really focus on um, some of those interpersonal things. And that idea of being able to work together is just huge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think when you're a science teacher and you're overwhelmed with this NGSS, you have a very different kind of priority on having to tackle all these different disciplinary core ideas. And the STEM teacher can add this other layer, like these design practices and yeah. collaboration that yeah. can enhance what's happening do you see the STEM education staying around? Like people were like, oh, it's just a fad. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not leaving this classroom for a while. So I hope it does. <laughs> I really do. I think especially if we, you know, we um, have even talked here a little bit about that idea of STEAM. And I'm just like, no, that's not, it's not that I don't love the arts. I do. I love the arts very much. But I have creativity as part of this. I, we, when we go too wide, we lose some really important things. And this for me is, is about really getting kids thinking about what's next. Mm -hmm. What's next for me and what do I need to know and understand? Um, and how can I give, especially, um, at my girls, how can I give them the confidence that they can do this when I mean, even just as a robotics coach, as a woman, has been really interesting. Right. And so I want my girls to be confident in everything that we do in here. And I think 
by combining all the things and going even outside of the NGSS standards, we have to. Mm-hmm. What final thoughts, words of advice do you have for STEM teachers listening? Um, I would have this advice for all teachers, and that's just to continue being a learner and continue listening to your kids. Hmm. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for talking with me. That was a lot of really good information. And I, I appreciate your you sharing your story. And I you just have this really cool trajectory of how you started in reading. <laughs> and then we're like, let me try this robotics yeah. thing. And I'm going to start a new STEM classroom in this new school. And you just tackle everything. And I, I appreciate you sharing all your advice and kind of how you thought through this really complicated the NGSS, but also just STEM in general is complex and we're all out here struggling. We are, but we do better when we're together. (laughs) Exactly. So that I 100% agree. So thank you again for sharing your uh, words of advice. And for now, STEM space out.